Welcome to my podcast, Talking with Ted. Today, my guest is an Albion baseball alumni and close friend of mine. He is studying to become a nurse and has lots more planned for his future. But before I get to that, and after you listen to this podcast, go over and check out the True Critic podcast and Did I Stutter? The True Critic podcast is hosted by Jake Ryquest, the True Critic, where he analyzes all sorts of movies and much more. Did I Stutter is a podcast in which we talk exclusively on the hit TV show, The Office. We break down episodes, seasons, characters, and everything in between. The True Critic podcast, Did I Stutter, and Talking with Ted are on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. For guys playing baseball, you need to check out the Mini Pro Locker. The Mini Pro Locker is a collapsible dugout shelf that holds all your gear and is super easy to use. It is a place for your bat, helmet, glove, and of course, a place for your sunflower seeds. Go over to miniprolocker.com to check them out for yourself or follow us on social media. The theme song of Talking With Ted is called Get Bent by Kevin Cordy. I had Kevin on my podcast a little while back, and he is generous enough to let me use one of his tunes as my theme song on the show, and I absolutely love it. Go check out Kevin's work on SoundCloud by looking up Non-Farmed. That's N-O-N-F-A-R-M-E-D. Now, I am currently sitting here with Dylan Perry. Rises in the east and sets in the west. See, that's information I didn't have. Gotta have it. So, uh, that'd probably be my first steps for sure, would be check with family member. Um, and then find that clean drinking water and then kind of go from there. How are you going to find clean drinking water? You're the only person who's ever mentioned clean drinking water. How am I going to find it? Well, yeah. you got to find land first, probably, because if you're in the middle of the ocean, all the ocean is salt. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, then we just have to find land and then hopefully there's a stream or creek or some river of any sort. If you could choose any career and salary was not an issue, what would you choose? Um, I don't know. I would, oh, I'd be, I want to be a pilot. That'd be a pretty pilot, cool. Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty sick. That'd be pretty cool. Um, to go, like to travel different places. Yeah. And if once I get over the fact of carrying a whole bunch of lives on that plane mm-hmm. and that scare factor of our, or whatever it is, um, that'd be really awesome. I'm the same way, but I'd choose captain of a boat. That'd be cool. I think that'd be sick. That'd be really cool. I love boating, but they don't make that much money. Oh yeah. No, not, well, I mean, once you're a captain, you, you can, but you don't just become a captain. You gotta you, be in the field for a long time. Do you boat at all? Like sailboat or like anything like that? My grandpa has a 37 foot sea ray. On Lake St. Clair. I remember you mentioning this yeah, at, at I, Albion. I love boating's my secret obsession. So like I do you remember that? I know a lot about boats. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh but the pilot, that'd be cool. That'd be real wouldn't it? Like yeah. even like not not so much like commercial air like airplanes, mm-hmm. but almost like a like a smaller airplane. Mm-hmm. Um just going like small distances. I think that'd be really cool. Do you like have you seen Sully? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have with uh, Tom Hanks, Tom right? Hanks, yeah. Would, yeah. You, would you do good under pressure like that or would you freak yeah. out? Because <laughs> like 99. I mean, that's like, that's like the extreme though where well, yeah. he lands. What is it the Hudson River? Is that what it was? Yeah. That's like 99% of the job is pretty straightforward, but at, um, one, at one time. I mean, I would like to think that I would do good, mm-hmm. but then again, like 
how do you know unless you're actually in that scenario? It's kind of scary to think about. A little bit. And you're, you, so you want to be a nurse? Yeah. So I am currently, I'm about two weeks out of starting my second degree nursing program at Oakland University. Uh-huh. And so it's a 16 month program. So I'll be doing that. And then I, like my end goal by the time I'm 30 mm-hmm. is I want to be a nurse anesthetist. Oh, okay. Which I, see, I didn't it, know that. Yeah. So it's, it's a step, like a step below an anesthesiologist. So instead of like mm-hmm. just giving the medicine and kind of walking out, you monitor the patient throughout the surgeries, uh, make sure their vitals are okay. Their medication's okay. Um, the pay's pretty good. It's, it's, it's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. And, um, the biggest thing is I, I want to be in on surgeries. Um, okay. cause I shadowed once. Um, I shadowed a CRNA once and I loved that like scenario mm-hmm. in that environment. And like my dream would be an orthopedic CRNA. Oh. That, that'd be like, by the time I'm 30, that's like my, like, that's like my goal. See, um, I don't, I don't know if I could do orthopedic cause don't th- like, I've never sat in on a surgery, but when you do a bone surgery, isn't there like bone flying all over the room? I mean, I don't think it has wings, but yeah. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I think I could sit down on a surgery, but I don't think I want to do that my whole life. Because as you know, I want to go to medical school. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a surgeon. Interesting. Well, and part of that is because I like the patient connection. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, yeah. I so I was uh, CNA for two and a half years, mm-hmm. and it's... It's very different. It's a yeah. very different environment, very different job. It is, but it's it's rewarding too. Absolutely. Like people only talk about the bad parts of it. No, it's it's very it's very rewarding, and it's yeah. kind of it's kind of selfish to say this, but like you get that like feel good feeling when you take care of someone and they appreciate it. Yeah. And that's kind of the reason why I want to do what I want to do. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I work as a medical assistant, and I have been this summer at a cardiology office, and the simplest thing is a you know someone coming in for a follow up just how appreciative they are of me like going through their medications with them they ask questions if i know it i answer if i don't i say hey could you you know ask the doctor cuz i don't want to i don't know it or you know anyway they're very appreciative and it's something that i don't think you get in a different field yeah i mean it's the biggest thing for me besides like people appreciating like just the little things because it was like like being a CNA you have to you're dressing you're eat you're feeding mm-hmm. you're bathing all these like daily activities that people don't really think of mm-hmm. that they kind of take advantage of like how easy it is like some people can't do right so when you take that five minutes out of your day to help make their day five minutes better like they're it's like yeah the best Christmas present ever yeah and, and being were you in a nursing home or at a hospital I was in a nursing home. Yeah. Um, I haven't had that hospital experience. Um, whenever I applied to like different CNA jobs in hospitals, it was during the pandemic, right yeah. at the start of it. So they yeah. weren't really accepting a whole lot of new people. Mm-hmm. So I just have that nursing home experience, but I almost think that that's like more like demanding. I think that's biased oh, yeah. because oh, like, yeah. it's biased because obviously I haven't been in a hospital. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a lot more one-on-one time when you're in the nursing home. Because right. like, my girlfriend is also a 
going to be a nurse. She's in Michigan State's BSN program right now, mm-hmm. and she's had hospital experience, and she kind of explains that, like, how she enjoys being in the nursing home more because of that one-on-one experience. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and if you think about it, I mean, might be bad to say, but a lot of people in the hospital are drugged up, and they're sleeping all day or on their yeah. life support, and a lot of what you're doing you don't get that instant gratification like you do in a nursing home. Exactly. Yeah. And the patients are changing yeah. every other day, every other week. You don't, exactly. You don't establish those long exactly. relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I got training as a CNA and I never had a job as it. I just did like my, my clinicals for the training and it, it is different for sure. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, it's, you got to be cut out for the healthcare field to, to, in order to do it yeah especially if like like that was a rough awakening for me yeah because like i like i knew i wanted to do something in healthcare, mm-hmm. like going to college and like the more i did it the more i talked to people they were like pushing me towards to be cna yeah and sophomore year came around and i did it and i was like oh my god like this is this is this is tough like yeah. you're oh yeah a lot of times you're transferring like patients on your own mm-hmm. and they're a lot of times they're not the lightest people either right and they have tremors and they're shaky and they're nervous and, and, and they're incontinent sometimes exactly yeah and they're and some of them are mean like let's not yes absolutely yeah. and that's where i was going to get to is that yeah bedside manner in the healthcare field is number one priority mm-hmm. um even just a simple knowing how to enter a room without disturbing someone yes because i've worked with um some cnas where they don't knock they just barge in they don't introduce themselves they don't like like it's just invasion of privacy in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, and some residents when I was working, they would tell me like within my first week, like I learned so much stuff from them. Mm-hmm. Just like tell me stuff I did wrong. Right. And not even from like my coaches, like my CNA coaches telling me mm-hmm. it was the residents telling me like what not to do. Right. Because you have to assume that every person has their own specific routine mm-hmm. at their own times. Mm-hmm. And it's, bizarre to think about and it's kind of overwhelming but it's true because you can't assume that one person does the same thing the other person does right and and you kind of go back to that respect thing that you were just talking about like that's their home so you're you're working in their home so you need to respect them their privacy their home and you you know i i i so a lot of pre-med students and i'm sure nursing students to choose between a cna route or an emt route okay emergency medical team or technician, I think. I don't know. Anyway, um, I had a lot of friends who chose the EMT route, and I chose the CNA. And they're off. They're learning about life-saving things. You know, they can administer uh, nitroglycerin if they need to. Um, for those that don't know, it's a drug that opens up your arteries if you think you're having a heart attack or chest pains or something like that. Like, they're learning about um, em- pulmonary embolisms and, the, like, know uh, myocardial infarctions heart attacks but like the whole deal and i really didn't learn a whole lot of medical stuff but that bedside manner i know i have and they yes. don't and that's something that you, that you i think the cna was one of the best ways to learn it yeah and i wouldn't i would so much rather have like i'm happy i learned that first mm-hmm. instead of all of these like like you said like life-saving techniques mm-hmm. um like obviously with the cna class you had to take like cpr certification mm-hmm and but besides that like other medical terms and other stuff that i learned throughout working in cna i would just ask like 
yeah. the medical technician, which was the person that always administered all the drugs during like rounds, right? Or the nurse that was on duty, and just kind of pick their brains about stuff, right? And I learned a lot more through that, right? Than like staring at a textbook, exactly. It, that, and and I think bedside manner. It's important to I I think so. I mean, not everyone's going to agree with me, and for everyone, it's different. But I think it's important to learn the basics of healthcare before you get into the actual medical part of it and learning the techniques, you know, the, the imaging, the whatever the the medications you have to create a foundation to learn that. Um, but I want to go back. I kind of asked and we drifted away from it, but I wanted to ask what exactly is the route to become a nurse anesthetist? So the route I plan on taking is, so I finished my, uh, my first bachelor's at Albion in four years, mm-hmm. and it was a degree in exercise science through the kinesiology department, which is basically just a lot of anatomy and physiology and how the body works and how the body moves. Um, I had prereqs that sent me to go to Oakland University for their second degree accelerated nursing program, mm-hmm. which is 16 months, and that starts in September. Okay. And then after I finish that, I will be studying for the NCLEX, which is the the license exam that mm-hmm. basically grants that you are a certified nurse mm-hmm. um, or excuse me, registered nurse. And then I'll work for, I think it's, I think it's about two years. I think is what I'm trying to plan on do or excuse me, plan on doing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I will go back. I'm going to try to find a, a hospital or some type of surgery center or somewhere that will like help pay for part of my schooling because Mm -hmm. i think the um the crna schooling is about two years unless there was something in the works about them changing it making it longer i believe Mm -hmm. um and that is i think it's about two years so that's why i'm kind of giving myself that timeline of by the time i'm 30 um right now i am 22 Mm -hmm. so it's about eight years which is a long, long time it's, away. It's a hike, but but you're getting paid for part of it. It's not like you're yeah. going to be in school for that long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, what drove you to orthopedics? I'm just the orthopedic surgery. So when I was a freshman of high school, freshman in high school, I had a really bad knee injury when I was playing football. Mm-hmm. I ended up tearing my so my knee hyperextended, which is when your knee basically buckles backwards. Mm-hmm. And mine went back so far that I tore my ACL, which was the front part of your knee, um, the PCL, which is the back part of your knee, and the LCL, which is on your lateral side or your outside, um, that detached from my lower bone in my leg, the fibula. Mm-hmm. And I stretched nerves, I fractured my fibula, and it was a whole mess. Wow. So I had spent a lot of time in... Like I had two surgeries. Um, I spent a lot of time around nurses, around doctors, mm-hmm. a lot that were really good and a lot were really bad. Um, and the whole time I was like in that like orthopedic setting mm-hmm. and I loved it. And that's kind of why like I'm still wanting to do it. So right. like ever since then, like I was interested in it mm-hmm. and then like college came around and I started noticing how like I enjoyed like the anatomy classes and the physiology classes because it was all revolved around like how the body moves and how the body works right and which is a lot of what orthopedic orthopedics is right um so that's kind of why i'm driven towards 
being a orthopedic CRNA uh-huh. is just that experience that I had. Right. And all of and the reason I want to be a nurse is because the nurses that I had, they were phenomenal. They are the worker bees. They are what make uh, patient care and hospitals go around. Yeah. I mean, they literally do everything. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that every nurse is great or every nurse is not great. Like the, obviously it's, yeah, it's pretty different for, from person to person, how you experience it. But from my experience, it was, I was really lucky and I had a really good experience with them Yeah, and they're kind of the reason why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I had someone ask me this before, like if like, Oh, like how many of those nurses that you had were males? And I honestly can't remember one. Right. Um, so I mean, being, being a male going into that and going into like a, I guess people call it like a female dominant, mm-hmm. um, career field. Yeah. It's good, I guess. And yeah. bad. Yeah. In some ways, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of why I want to do what I want to do. Right. And is there anything that drove you towards like, like, let me ask you, have you thought about like physical therapy, like a physical therapist? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I went to physical therapy after my surgeries uh-huh. and I, the, the patient connection was good, but it wasn't as great as it was with the nurses that I had. And it honestly didn't interest, interest me as much. Mm-hmm. And another thing too, is that the pay difference yeah. between those two career fields is pretty drastic. Yeah. Which is also another reason. Uh huh. But I don't know. It doesn't mean like if for some reason, if nursing fall through falls through, like I wouldn't like revolve to that. Right. Right. Um, like I'm not like, I'm still not like closing the door to anything. I guess. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a important for anyone going into healthcare. I mean, for a lot of people, it is a long journey and you have to have an open mind because you're going to learn stuff in nursing school that you'll probably never use as, as a nurse anesthetist. And if you just keep a closed mind, you're going to hate it. You're going to drive yourself crazy. I say the same thing about medical school. Like people always ask me, you know, what kind of doctor do I want to be? I say cardiologist. I know that, that could change a hundred times before. Absolutely. My, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important is having an open mind and especially as a, a nurse too. Cause again, you're, you're going to learn stuff that you're going to learn head to toe assessments. You're going to do like the whole deal. And I think you got to have, uh, an open mind. Did you work this summer? Uh, not in the nursing home. Okay. Um, the pay at the one I was at wasn't the best. Yeah. So I found a different job. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm actually guest service advocate at target uh-huh. and I have loved it. I think Target pays really well too, don't they? They do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they Target's pays it's it's pretty good, especially for a broke college kid. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. Um but that's been great. I mean, I was really lucky to have like really nice bosses and uh-huh. supervisors and the coworkers I had or or have are really good. Yeah. Um, but a lot of us are going back to school, so it's kinda like people are dwindling away. Right. But um Did you work as a CNA during COVID? Yeah, I did. How was that? Uh, f- it was all right. I mean, face shields were, we had to wear those and masks. Yeah. Um, and if no one has ever worn a face shield before, it's basically like a really terrible piece of plastic with a yeah. <laughs> foam padding on your forehead and an elastic strap around your back. Yeah. And they're really itchy. The yeah. foam is terrible. 
I'm like, when I wear it, like I sweat into the foam, sweat into the foam. And then sometimes if you sweat too much, it drips down into onto the mask and it's just, it's a mess. And the plastic scratches really easily. Yeah. It's basically like, it's basically looking through a pair of like reading glasses, like the whole day. (laughs) Like if you've ever done that, like looking long distance with reading glasses, Uh you can't see anything. (laughs) So, um, that was really bad. Um, and no one can really hear in the nursing home either. Like everyone wears <laughs> right. like uh, hearing aids and whatnot. Yeah. And as soon as you throw in a mask and a shield, mm-hmm. um, you you can't you can't hear anything. Yeah. So. And it's weird too, because in healthcare, like you said, like you gotta really sometimes yell at people, and it, it feels like you're yelling at them and telling them they're doing something wrong when really all you're doing is talking to them so they can hear. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's funny. I was uh, when I was training a couple of weeks ago for a new med assistant coming in. Uh, there was one patient who could not hear, and I was yelling, and she's like, "Why were Why were you so mad at him?" I'm like, "I wasn't mad at him. He he just can't hear." You know that like <laughs> that's something that always makes me laugh in healthcare because really only if you've been in the field that you know that that's like a true fact. Like you could be yelling in someone's face, and that doesn't mean that you're mad at them. It just means you're trying to let them hear yeah <laughs> yeah no it's, it's definitely it's it's funny we've definitely had a few like you're like in the art the staff room uh-huh and down the hallway there's a coworker helping a patient uh-huh and you can hear them yelling you can hear everything everything <laughs> like a full-on conversation you can hear and it's like it's just because there's the patient is so hard of hearing mm-hmm. um but it's and you, and you got to get into their face too. Yeah, like they got to see what you're almost, you're, and, you're almost like in their ear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's funny. I, I always laugh about that. Um, I wanted to ask something cause I, I, so I started working as a med assistant this summer. This is my first summer. And I have found that the hardest thing about my job is learning medications, especially in a cardiology office. There are a lot of medications you need to learn. Have you started at all? Like, looking into those do you know anything about a whole lot of medications because i'm just saying that's been the hardest part of my summer so far honestly no i mean i take (laughs) i take pharmacology my second semester i believe okay in the nursing program yeah um my girlfriend has taken her pharmacology class through michigan state Mm -hmm. and she said that was by far the hardest class because it's all memorization too it, it really is yeah um and so many have like the same sounds and they're spelled the same uh-huh it's it's hard yeah um they're long words and yes. most of them have a generic name and a brand name so you got to know both of them yeah it's i've heard that pharmacology is definitely one of the hardest yeah like concepts to like understand right um, because there's really there's very little understanding i think it's all mostly memorization that and I then mean, like obviously there's some but yeah yeah but you also have to like understand like how like when to give it yeah. And yeah, or like true. or what do you like what happens if you give too much or too little or like the side effects of giving it and there's a whole long list of I think there's like two hundred drugs that every nurse and doctor are required to know through their first year or whatever. That sounds accurate. I mean it's it's and, it's crazy. Yeah. I I've I have a binder. I don't know if you can see it. It says cardiovascular. Yeah. That's all the drugs I need to know. There's like <laughs> there's like eighty two drugs in there and I know about half of them. And I don't know any of the dosages because I'm supposed to know that too. So anyway, that's been the hardest part of my summer. I was just curious if you knew, but you didn't come from chemistry. No, I took a, um, a kinesiology route, right. uh, which was all that like anatomy, physiology stuff that I did. 
or that I took. Um, I didn't take the chemistry biology route right. because I just wasn't sucked. your interest. I just yeah. sucked at them. Yeah. I was just not good. Yeah. Um, like freshman year, I had bio and chem, and like I passed and I got the grade I needed to, but it was it was hard. It yeah. was really really hard. Yeah. And then I didn't take another chemistry class until my senior year. Yeah. I mean, so it was a huge gap for me for chemistry. Right. Um, and I still didn't really like, like I, I did well, but I didn't like understand it. Right. Like I understood it for like the time the exam came. Uh-huh. It's gone now. Like if you were to ask me to like draw structures or name chemicals, like how yeah. you're supposed to, it, n- no, not a chance. <laughs> so that's the thing. I, I'm like a total chemistry nerd. Like I, I could honestly talk about it in total nerd talk for like four hours. So good thing you're not a chemistry nerd because then we'd be talking about it and then yeah. everyone listening would hate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as an Albion grad, because I talk about it all the time and I know that we've had, I've had a couple Albion students on. Did you like the small classes that came with it? Did it make learning easier for you or would you have preferred a bigger setting? I I like the small setting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tend to ask questions mm-hmm. and learn from asking those questions. Yeah. Because if, if I were in like a big lecture hall and I couldn't ask questions, like I would be, I'd be lost. Yeah. Because even like, I don't know, I like, I don't know how like people do it at like the bigger schools. I don't either. Because you're, I, I don't know. Um, I definitely, it'd definitely be a lot harder for sure. Uh-huh. But the smaller classes I loved because I love the interaction and the connection you had with right the professors. Yeah. And I loved how they had always like open office hours during certain days of the week. You can go and ask and talk to them about stuff. Um, and they know you by name. Exactly. You're That's not, what I You're love. not just another number. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I, I can't, I just wanted to bring it up because I love talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, that was like one of the biggest reasons why I came to Albion was for that smaller class size. So did I. Yeah. Um, because I knew that like my schooling, like college wasn't like just like learning a few stuff and like, partying and this and that like it was like i'm going to school to go and be something one day right so i wanted to like take advantage of the opportunity of having those smaller classes i think that's so important i i I don't think people take that into account when they're going to college i think a lot of people take into the account of like you said partying or where i can have the most fun and they're like yeah i'll I'll major in business or or uh yeah i want to be a doctor but i don't i'll major in music it's like, okay, well, I'm glad that you have a plan and you have it all figured out. Like, I think <laughs> if you're going to invest that money going to a school, you should invest in something that's going to help you with your future. Yeah. And, and that, like us saying this isn't like us, like bashing like those bigger well, schools. Well, absolutely. If for some people that's, that's, it, it works for them. Right. Like my girlfriend, for example, like she can, she can be in these big classes and yeah. she just like, she reaches herself by rewatching lectures. Right. Um, and like almost like teaches herself. Like right. I, I have a harder time doing that. Right. I learn, like I said, by asking questions. Mm-hmm. Some people like being invisible where they walk in, yes. the professor doesn't know they're there. They learn, they take the class, they get out. Yep. Me and you, on the other hand, we're loud people. We like to be known that we're there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way of putting it. <laughs> that's, that's what I always say. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I did not know that you wanted to be a nurse anesthetist. We've talked about it a couple of times before, but I did not know that. Yeah, that's what, um, when I shadowed them, I shadowed a, um, a gynecologist 
it was like a it was uh, a gynecologist CRNA, mm-hmm. which not really the field I want to go into. Right. Um, but I just I liked that setting. Yeah. And obviously the pay was another thing that attracted me. Right. Um, and another thing too is like a lot of times you're going to be on like that surgeon's schedule. Uh huh. So it's not going to be like you're working every day of the week. Yeah. Like they might only have surgeries like three or four, maybe even five days a week right. if they're that busy. But a lot of times those surgeons don't want to have like weekend surgeries. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's another thing too that take it like that I liked mm-hmm. was that like schedule. Yeah. And obviously that's going to change and it might not be set in stone. But in terms of working like as like a ICU nurse or like an ER nurse, and I'm sure I'm going to do that at some point. Like I'm going to have to mm-hmm. to get that experience. But I might not want to stay there the rest of my life mm-hmm. just because of that demanding schedule. Right. And I mean, the nurses that do that, that they're freaking, they're superheroes. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. That they can do that day in, day out. And like willingly go back for yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks and months and years. And it's, it's crazy to me how they can do that. It's an appreciation I have for nurses. I don't think a lot of people do appreciate them. And I think they really should. I had, um, I'm sure you didn't listen, but my first ever podcast of talking with Ted, I had a, a one of my buddies on, his name was Josh Slayton, and he uh, had endocarditis and a pseudoaneurysm, which I don't know. He had to have two open heart surgeries as a 19-year-old. He was playing baseball at Bowling Green, completely ended his baseball career. But anyway, he says it all the time. He's like, if it weren't for the nurses, I would not be here. Not because, like, the doctors, yeah, they diagnosed me they treated me but the nurses were the ones who actually physically took care of me and kept yeah. me alive like obviously the surgeons of, of both times they kept them alive but like there's definitely an under and he talks about all the time he's like i went like a week and a half without showering when he was in the hospital and then the first time he took a shower he had to have a nurse scrub the week and a half old gunk off his body yeah and he's like, I can never do that. And I felt so bad for her. And she was just happy to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, and yeah. that's not like uncommon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Th- that's like that, that's that like selfish, like appreciation thing that I talked about where like, yeah, you do that good deed and you help them like with these basic needs and you get that like gratification of like being satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's kind of what I was talking about. Like people like nurses and CNAs and patient care techs and whoever else that takes care of these patients like a lot of them like that's like it's not just their job like it's like it's their career it's what they want to do they want to take care of people some people just are are born to help others some people really just it's that's what their life revolves around that's what they are and some people don't understand it i mean i have people tell me all the time like why, like, why do you want to do that? And I'm like, you, it's just, it's about the reward. It's about yes, the, absolutely. it's just about the ability to like, just change someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 it's very different. And a lot of times it's really hard to explain too. Yeah. But once like you experience that, especially the first time mm-hmm. and like you do something that like you might not think is like very big uh-huh. but in their eyes it's it's really huge like it's everything there was there were some patients that i took care of where i wouldn't when i would work like certain days of the week i'd shave them like shave their face like because they like because a lot of the female um 
CNAs didn't like know how to shave a face right. because they don't have hair in their face. Right. Um, but like being a male and like having to do that, like you understand how to do it, understand what to do and what not to do. Right. And like, they really, really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, and it took five minutes. Yeah, I know. And, and, and they it's loved everything. It. It's everything. Yes. Cause they feel clean. Yes. Cause they exactly. can't do it. Exactly. I mean, we take for granted, like imagine, you know, you're, you're here right now, you know, let's say you go work out, you go home, take a shower, go to bed. Patients can't do that. Not only can they not work out, but they can't clean themselves. Yeah. Think about how good it feels after you clean yourself to go to bed. Yep. It's like, it's the little, like brushing your teeth, shaving, eating, getting up. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, that it's, it's, it's a very sad place and it's good that CNAs can make a difference. Yeah. And like the thing is too, like it doesn't matter who you were like ethnicity, nationality, right. Political view, race, like whatever, whatever characteristic or profile you want to point towards that patient. It doesn't matter who you are, what you did. Like our job as healthcare individuals is to take care of you in that moment. Yeah. And that, that's like something that you, you can't change throughout your time being in the healthcare field. Right. Like I, like you go to a car dealership, people like profile against like Mm -hmm. who gets a car and who doesn't at what price. Yep. Like you can't do that. No. That's one, it's not ethical. And two, that just, it makes you a shitty person, honestly. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing too, is like, you, you have to understand that. Yeah. And I think that being in the nursing home, that really opened that door and yeah. my eyes to like all that. I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, and like I said, uh, it's a, it's a path that I think is going to be long, but I think the bedside manner, the understanding that the patient is why you're there. You know, most doctors and, and nurses and technicians, they work with direct patient care. And if you don't understand that, yeah, I mean, you're there to do your job, but you're there to take care of the patient. That's why you're there. Yeah. If you don't understand that, you won't make it in the field. And for some people, they're not meant for the field. No. And I applaud anyone who wants to give it a try because I think it's I think it's a great experience outside even if you don't want to be in the healthcare field, I think if you were a, a CNA for a, a summer, a summer job, I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I it's mean, something you can use anywhere. Yeah. And you can, you will learn so much stuff. Yeah. And it's a lot of useful, a lot of very, it's a lot of useful stuff you're going to learn. Yeah. Um, so how have you been? I really haven't talked to you. Like we were talking about healthcare. How have you been in general since I saw uh, you? Definitely a lot better. Um, <laughs> yeah, going school these past this past year and a half really sucked with COVID. Yeah, yeah. And just like like I think a lot of people can agree with this that like mental health and just like yeah, just their well being really went downhill. Yeah, um, and with Albion being such a small school and not really a whole lot to do, mm-hmm. that really made that a lot harder. Um. We played a lot of cards. I can tell you that. Maybe not with you necessarily, but me and my buddies, we played a lot of cards. Oh yeah, There's nothing else like, to do. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I, I don't know. Me and me and my roommate Dewey, which he was, I, yeah. He's. <laughs> if you know Dewey, you know why we stopped and laughed. But he's, um, 
he's my he was my roommate for three out of my four years at Albion, and he's probably one of my best friends there. Yeah. Um, and he's he definitely kept me kept me sane. Um, <laughs> which is hard to believe if you know his personality, which is different compared to most. It, you wouldn't think he keeps you sane. No, but you would he, think he drives you insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he has. Trust me, he has. But um, Dewey Dewey really helped. Um, he really helped me. Um, there was a lot of people that really helped me during like my like hard times. Yeah, and so that was that was that. But being being graduating and honestly being done with baseball. Yeah, it's been it's been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, because our, our baseball schedule at Albion was very, very busy. Yeah. Um, and finally being done with that and like having my own schedule, I can do what I want when I want and right. work and not worry about practicing and right. Like meetings and just other things that just take up time. Yeah. It has really been phenomenal. And classes. I mean, let's not forget classes. Yeah. I mean like, and I'm not done with school, but right, like right. actually having like a a full summer break at least probably my full summer break i've had since like high school yeah because like most the last few summers i've took i've taken summer classes like getting those extra credits or like retaking classes and playing summer ball Uh and practicing and it's finally been like a legit summer yeah and that's been phenomenal um it's been really nice like i said to have that on schedule and just do what i want when i want do you plan on i don't want to say kicking out but taking a break from baseball altogether or do you would you like enjoy coaching do you I mean do you want your kids to play baseball or are you kind of just like "Eh, you know what that was my past um I mean right now I have no intention of playing baseball Um, no no I I know playing I mean but you know even even like even like coaching really yeah like I I want to get through school I want to definitely like that's my next priority is getting through school right these next 16 months um, and then once I'm done with that, maybe, uh, maybe I'll join like a, a beer softball league or mm-hmm. just like a local softball league or who knows, like an adult league. I, I don't know. Maybe. Right. But right now, like in terms of coaching, like maybe I'll sub for, um, like teams that like friends that need like an assistant coach or something like that. But yeah, I, in terms of a summer job or like a job, like just to make more money, like I don't really have yeah. intention to do that right now. Isn't it weird how graduation changes? I mean, baseball was obviously a huge part of your life, and now you're really not focused on it. Isn't it weird how that happens? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Albion's another reason why, like, or excuse me, baseball is another reason why I went to Albion. Yeah. Um, and, like, I played four years there, um, and it was the busiest time of my life. Yeah. Um, a lot of stress. <laughs> but yeah. it, it is crazy going from being busy seven days out of the week. Yeah. Because even like we would, so we would play like our schedule was, we would have six days of either practice or games mm-hmm. and we'd get like one off day, maybe two off days like this, this and past that, year it was, was during the week. We yeah. It wasn't, even, yeah, it wasn't even a weekend. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think we had like one weekend off and it was like Easter. Yeah. And that was when damn near half our team got COVID. So yeah. I was one of them. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so and you were vaccinated. Yeah. Which that's a whole nother thing, but. I don't want to get into the politics right now, but, <laughs> but anyways, um, we, it, it's definitely different. Um, I mean, there's like, if you have the chance to play a sport 
in college mm-hmm. or even after high school. Yeah. Play it, play a sport after high school, whether it's like a club sport, still like doing like travel, um, or like you're actually with a collegiate team. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. I mean, and not, not for like the sport, but like some of my best friends are from baseball. Yeah. Not, not even like from Albion. Like you, I've gotten so close with probably like around like six, six or like seven like really close individuals from our team right from like the past years yeah um and it's because of baseball absolutely yeah i mean you like i said you're with those guys seven like six days of the week mm-hmm. and a lot of times if we weren't lazy we'd do something the seventh day of the week right um but that's like those connections that you make in those four years yeah that's something you won't ever forget and it's super cliche yeah. And it's things that it's things that everyone say when like you talk to them, like family members that played sports in college or like different friends that played sports in college, they say the same thing, how like the, mm-hmm. the relationships and those last forever. And mm-hmm. like, it, it's, it's true. Yeah. And like, I, it's. And it's weird because those relationships, you know, a lot of people would think from the outside, they would think, Oh, you know, uh, you won this or you won this game or you made this achievement or whatever. And those were the guys you were with. I would say the closest I got to my teammates were during the six minute mile Yep. during when we had to run or when we lost those big games and everyone's down, but you have your teammates to pick you up. You know, I think it's those moments that you're down the harder moments that you really come close to a team instead of the overall achievements. I think those, some of those are some of the things that you take for the rest of your life. Yeah. I'm sure you can, imagine running this six minute mile i, I don't want to well yeah. i know you don't yeah, want but, to but you but, can uh, yeah it's it, yeah, but you it don't was, remember every win you don't no. remember every hit you know no. and that's what and that's what our coach that's what coach Carden would always talk about he was our yeah. he's he was my coach for four years he's gonna be teddy's coach mm-hmm. um that's what he talks about is like those relationships and it's like you said it's not those big games you win or lose like it's it's those stupid moments yeah like there's so many memories from like the bus ride trip to Florida. Yep. Our spring trip. And like, we didn't get to have that last year, but like that's really when like people really start opening up. Right. And, and, and it's, it's the stuff off the field. It's the non baseball stuff that you get really close to those Absolutely. guys. And like you said, you have, what'd you say? Seven guys, seven or eight guys that yeah, you're I mean, super close with absolutely. now. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I have a lot of friends that play sports and I have a lot of friends that don't. And there's definitely a difference of the friends that play sports. I mean, obviously, you're required to go to practice. You're required to go to games. So you have more one or not one-on-one time, but more opportunity to make friendships and relationships with other teammates. Whereas a lot of my friends that don't play sports, they're not making a whole lot of friends. And for some of them, it's fine. Like for some of them, they like that. Yeah. But I would agree, you know, the sports really bring out a everlasting relationship or a friendship that you just, I mean, guys that you love. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like, it seems like each year at Albion, like there was like a different like role model. Mm-hmm. And that and might, you were the one last year. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> um, like my freshman year, it was, it was a guy named Jack Wyman. Yeah. He was, he was in ROTC at Western. So he was with us like half days of the week and he was, <laughs> probably like six two, like 200 pounds, like this big, huge guy compared to like us freshmen coming in, like yeah. weighing like a buck 50. Yeah. Like he was this huge guy. He was 
confident in everything. He was he was the person that like everyone wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and that was him my freshman year. He was my role model. And then like sophomore year came around, it was Joe Turnbull. Um, Joe, 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 Joe. Um, he was he's like the golden retriever of people. <laughs> it's like a great way to great way to think about him. Uh Joe T was he was awesome. Yeah. Um he wasn't like always up in your face about stuff. Right. He was just the person that was always there. Whenever you thought no one was, he was. Yeah. Um, so Joti was awesome. And then last year it was Jordan Finney. Yep. And Riley Stasiak were like my like role models, like look after. And And you were the one this year. I'll say it. At my freshman year last year, you were my role model. You were there when we didn't when we needed you more and especially during COVID and all the other effed up things going yeah. on. I, I, I always knew that I had you if I needed you. Thank you. I pre- yeah, of course. <laughs> I just want to be that my senior year now. I mean, and that's, that's like kind of like the point of like all them. Yeah. Like Jack turned me, Jack, Jack got the ball rolling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, He was kind of a prick. Some people point him as, and, right. By my senior year, people will call me a prick. And I know that there's guys on the team who will laugh about that because there was a special someone that called me that. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like like I said, uh, Jack got it, like, rolling for me. And then Joe T, like, really, like, calmed me down and just made me realize that there's bigger things to worry about right. outside of baseball. Yeah. And then Finney was the guy that, there will never be anything in that guy's way that will stop him from doing something. <laughs> That's so true. Um, I mean, if you guys don't know Jordan Finney, he's 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 a he's a bad muff. No, I mean, he, I, is. He, yeah. he he is. Like, <laughs> um, like when he like junior year, sophomore and junior, he was like he was training to for like steel training. Like he his workouts that he invited us to, that maybe two guys showed up for, <laughs> were like different workouts he had for steel training. And like he isn't doing that now, but like he still has he's that. Playing professional baseball. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's playing up in the Jimmy John's League or in in Utica. Yeah, he's he's damn good. But uh, no, he's he's a big reason for who I am. Yeah. Um, and what I want to do, and why I'm still doing what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and Riley was just the funny, just laid back, like whatever. Yeah. Um, so I mean, every person kind of had their own like style, I guess. Right. But each one. But they were all similar, and they cared about what they were doing, and they were good people, and they were leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Same way with you and Dewey. Yeah, I mean, and I was going to mention that, like Dewey was <laughs> intense. Yes. Yes, <laughs> he was. Um, not compared to Finney, I'm sure, or uh, Jack. But he was intense. Yeah, no, Dewey was. <laughs> um, he definitely got on us when when we needed it. Um, and he's Dewey's just he's just funny. Yeah, he, he's a really funny person. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's literally what I was gonna go to next was him. Yeah. And like his style was different than like everyone else's. Yeah, he so. he was a kid that just loved being out in the field. He was he was a child on the field. Yes, he was a he was a child <laughs> in a man's body with a child face with no facial hair. Is what he was. <laughs> Um, so he's a child. Yes, basically. <laughs> but no, uh, all jokes aside, though, no, Joe, uh, 
Dewey. He was awesome. Yeah, he was. Dewey was really yeah. awesome. And, and there's there's gonna be guys that don't agree with that. Um, and there's gonna be guys that do. Yeah. But I do, Dewey. Yeah, I do too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely definitely agree with that. He was definitely was Dewey was definitely good at what he did. Yeah, and and it's not just baseball that you find these guys. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna meet people that are nurse anesthetists right now that are gonna help you get to where you want to be. Um, you know, like in every aspect of your life, you're going to find people who are those kinds of people. And unfortunately you're going to find people that you don't like and you don't want to be. And so I, I kind of try and use that as like a motivation of like, I don't want to be that, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, (laughs) I mean, if you want to open a can of worms, there's, there's definitely a big reason why of what I'm doing, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know how much time like we have, you, I have uh, I have work tomorrow morning at seven a.m. We got twelve hours. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so a lot of stuff had happened with my my dad growing up, mm-hmm. um, where he ended up just leaving, and a lot of stuff happens, and he hasn't really been in my life. Um, there's a lot of stuff that like drove me away from him, but then it made me realize like once I got older that like he was the perfect example of what I didn't want to be. And that might be hard to hear for like some people because a lot of people have like a lot of people have a great family dynamic and like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. We, I just didn't happen to have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was a lot of the reasons why I'm doing or what I'm doing is because I knew that he would never be able to. Um, and I want to be, I want to be there for my kids. Yeah. Um, and I want to, sorry, I'm like kind of like no, losing thoughts on this, but um, I want to give my kids a better experience than I had because yeah. it definitely wasn't the best um, and it definitely wasn't the worst either. I know that some people have, have it a lot worse than I did um, and those people that do and the, those people that made it through it, like that's, that's awesome and that's, that's really good that you made it through. Um, but it's... Yeah, a lot of this stuff, like I said, what I'm doing, what I'm doing is to be better than what he ever could have been. I, I, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that. No, and, and like this isn't like yeah. a. No, I'm I not know. looking for like your right, like your sympathy or anything. It's just yeah. kind of like. Yeah, you just. It's just, just like I said. It's motivation. It's right. it's the motivation of doing what you want to do, and being the person, or being better than that person that you like experience with. Right. Or however you want to word it. I I think that that's awesome. And I applaud you for that. I, I do have a good family dynamic and I can't begin to imagine what it's like, but I, I think that that's something that you are going to obviously take with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And like you said, that's why, that's why you're doing what you're doing. And, um, I, I applaud people that have, you know, like you said, I'm sure there are people that have it far worse, um, it takes a very special someone to get through it. Yeah. And I think once you get through it, that's how you prepare yourself for the rest of life. You know, I think it's the, I think it's the challenging things that you get through. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Um, like just the whole COVID thing sucks. I mean, for everyone like, yeah. and, and so many different ways. Yeah. But like, we're all going to get through it, you know? Yeah. And, and it's the stuff you learn. It's the stuff you take with it it's the hardships when you're, when you're growing up and even throughout your life that you learn from. And 
I, you know, I just, I, I agree that I, I think it's those things that really make you who you are, not the small accomplishments, not the things that go well, but the things that go wrong and how yeah. you come back from that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome that you're trying to make it better for your kids and yeah. yeah I, I mean, know that about you. I mean, not, not a whole lot of people do. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause it's not so much. It's like not everyone really needs to know right exactly what happened uh-huh um because it doesn't change who you are no and it, like it, it, what it, yeah. i mean it just informs them about what happened in my life and right. not everyone needs to know that but like but now like the step that i have now i mean he's been absolutely phenomenal he's mm-hmm. been the closest thing to a father figure i've had throughout my whole life and i look up to him more than i do probably any other person in my life right now mm-hmm. um he's really helped us as a family and like bring our family back together mm-hmm. and he's really helped me be like that person I am. Yeah. Um, so I, I give a lot of, give a lot of credit to him. Yeah. And, and, and I, I mean, like I said, I, that hadn't happened to me, but there are obviously people, you know, in my life and in everyone's life that, you know, we, we, we want to be like, and again, like you said, people, we don't want to be like, yeah. and that's, that's who, that's what drives us into what we are. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back. <laughs> I, I'm jumping all over the place, but that I want to go, go back to being a nurse anesthetist. Okay. Um, once you become, I, I think I already asked you the path. Yeah. And I, I yeah. could be, I could be wrong. Like there could be steps that I'm missing. Absolutely. Um, but from my understanding, that's what I kind of understand as of now. Yeah. Um, do, do you want to, I'm trying to think about how to word this. Do you want to, let me start by asking this. Is there a way once you become a nurse anesthetist to work up? I mean, is there a way to, to get to like, like, do you, you know, start with like entry level surgeries and work your way up? Or is it just kind of like, once you're it, you're it for the rest of your life? Truthfully, I, I don't really you know. know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, don't, I, don't I, I would, I would assume <laughs> that there's some type of uh-huh. like scale you could go up on mm-hmm. and you could like work up to like better pay and get raises and whatnot and the work with better surgeons and work in better locations and better hospitals with better pay and better benefits. Yeah. Um, but I, I like I said, I, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, it's a learning path. I mean, yeah. Kind of learn as you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like the only, the only other part of that path that I really left out that I a hundred percent want to do. Mm-hmm. And for people that like are in like the healthcare field or in nursing, mm-hmm. look into travel nursing if you haven't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and for people that don't know, like travel nursing, what you do is you basically, you get with a, like a, an agency, like a traveling or a nursing agency mm-hmm. and they find you jobs across country in different cities for different amounts of time. Um, a lot of time or not a lot of time, all the time, like the pay is a lot better than what the nurses make mm-hmm. in that city. Like those local nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of going to places that need extra help right? for whatever reason for like, natural disasters or like big accidents or where COVID cases are, for example. Right. Um, and you're getting like, you're out to these like country or excuse me, states and cities mm-hmm. and you're helping out. And a lot of times they will, excuse me, they will pay for living expenses, oh, okay. which is huge. Right. And you're getting like your pay on top of that, your hourly pay on top of that. And right. a lot of times you're not working five days a week. Um, you're working, uh, like three twelves. Oh, so okay. thirty six hours, but you're getting paid for forty. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what that's what I want to do. That's what my girlfriend wants to do. Um, and we want to we want to like go and travel while we're like still like able to before like we like settle down. down right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Before we settle down. Yeah. Um. So and like the biggest places that obviously the biggest place for us that we want to go to is Hawaii, which is be awesome. Which is like everyone's dream. That it yeah. seems like and it's very competitive to get into like that like that state. Uh huh. But there's a lot of big cities that we want to go to. Um, like Phoenix was one of my big ones. Yeah. Um, I think going out there would be awesome. Um, I think going to North Carolina would be really cool. Um, like Charlotte or Winston Salem, which is where my stepdad's from. I mm-hmm. think it'd be really cool to go out there because he talks about how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. Um, going out west, um, whether it be like or Phoenix, but like or Utah or like California or something like, I, like I just I want to go. And go to these places because like our family never really had family trips right like our only trips that we ever went on were like for baseball okay and it was like once out of every five years we went to like a big city like right. we went to new york once and indiana a handful of times you which went, uh, like like myrtle beach no our, oh, our, no, so our we never went to myrtle beach our big one was cooperstown, cooperstown new york yeah so but like we never like we weren't able to go on these family trips right so but that's that's kind of the reason why I want to. Yeah, um, I think it'd be phenomenal. That's so I didn't I didn't know that. I, so would that be like during your before you become a nurse anesthetist, but after you're a nurse? Yes. Yeah. I got it, you. It, it'd be like that, like um, that like that gap. I guess. I got you. Um, and before you apply to be a travel nurse, you still have to work as an RN right. in different environments and get experience and right. be like a well-rounded RN mm-hmm. um, before they send you out, and then. And I don't know exactly how it works um, in terms of, like, if you're rotating floors or you're floating or if you're stuck to the same floor. Like, I really don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess I won't really know until the time comes. Right. But besides, like, those, like, kind of, like, my, like, steps I want to do for myself. Right. And those can change in a month. Right. Absolutely. Like, those can change very fast. Yeah, I... I should look into that about being a doctor, traveling doctor. I mean, that I, <laughs> it might be a thing. I, I really don't know. Well, I know like between residency and fellowship and all that, you get to move around in med school, obviously. But um, have you ever thought about like being a nurse for like the army or like overseas, you know? Yeah. Um, like they do, like I thought about doing like the ROTC program. Yeah. Um, where you basically like they pay for part of schooling or s- all of it. I'm not really sure exactly, but you basically have a contract with them and you work for the army or the Navy or air force or whatever, whatever arm, like whatever branch it is. Right. Um, you do that for like after schooling and like, you're like serving them basically. Right. Um, I thought about that. Um, and with like stuff going on now, mm-hmm. um, and not really getting into it, but like that kind of like makes me kind of wish I did. Oh, okay. Um, and like, that's not me saying like, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. Like I right. really am, right. but I wish that I could like help out in that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, um, it's definitely a way to give back and to show your appreciation. But again, and I would help them in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, you just gotta be a little, here. sorry. Sorry. Am I too far away? No, you're good. Um, I definitely would love to get back, but again, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're, you'd be faced with more trauma, not really that patient care experience, you know, um, 
it's, you know, very stressful conditions. Um, actually, it's funny. I just made that connection. You know how you were saying earlier how if you had a dream job, you'd be a pilot? Yeah. And, like, the majority of the time, it'd be super easy. But every, you know, every 0.1% of the time, it'd be very stressful. Yeah. That's kind of the same as, like, a nurse anesthetist, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, like, they, <laughs> they walked, like... I asked, I was like picking like her brain when I was like shadowing her, um, the CRNA and I was like, so like, what do you do? She goes, well, I get the patient ready for the surgery. Um, Mm -hmm. I think about every scenario that could possibly go wrong and I make sure that I have that medicine ready. Right. Um, so like on her stand, like she had like reasons for X, Y, and Z. If something were to happen, like she has medicine, she has medicine ready. Mm -hmm. And then other than that, once that's done, she would get stuff ready for the next surgery. Right. Um, and like, like, like you're explaining like a lot of time it is laid back and it is like, I guess not necessarily easy, but like non-stressful. Right. But, but that one time that, that, that one time, um, <laughs> you just, I guess you just got to keep playing it back in your head. Like what, like that, what if, yeah. um, like what if this happens? Like, what can I do type of thing? Now I have a question that I don't know the answer and I don't, I don't know if you know, if you, if you do great, if not, then oh well, but. So obviously an anesthesiologist is the doctor, a nurse anesthetist is the nurse. Does a does a nurse anesthetist operate under the supervision of an anesthesiologist or are they more on their own? I would assume it's like under the supervision. Right. Um because like in the end, like you're admit you're, you guys are both administering the medicine or the drugs or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And I would assume that like you can go to them as a mentor mm-hmm. and as a teacher. Um, but in terms of like them being your boss or supervisor mm-hmm. maybe right i don't know yeah I, I really don't know that's what's weird about the med- medical field is it's really it's unclear to us who are pursuing paths it is pretty still unclear you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely and stuff that we're just going to kind of figure out along the way oh you're stuck here there you go okay um because i thought about being an anesthesiologist too mm-hmm. and i just kind of thought like if they're monitoring I think an anesthesiologist can be in charge of like 10 to 20 rooms at a time. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't really know how much monitoring there is, but I know a nurse anesthetist, you have one per room. I I mean, that's how it was. That was my environment that I had. Yeah. It was that one patient during that one surgery. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean that there's like some that you were like you bounce back and forth between rooms, like maybe. And I would assume something like a open heart surgery is a little bit different than a routine tonsillectomy is that what that's called where your tonsils are removed they're two totally different surgeries yeah or like a knee replacement or something like that yeah yeah well i i think that you have uh, i think you i think you're very driven i think you have a what you want figured out and i think if you obviously that could change like we were saying but i think you know what you want as of right now and i think you're very driven to go get it thank you yeah dude it was great having you on here yeah, I really, it I'm, was, yeah, I was kind of itching for it. Honestly, I kept, <laughs> I kept like pushing his buttons or pushing your buttons to yeah. get on here. I really appreciate you coming on. Cause I, I was on, uh, I was doing them last year and completely took a break from the summer for a whole bunch of reasons that I'm not going to get into. Um, but I'm excited to start it up again. And I think you're a great guest to start it up with. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Thank I'd, you. And I'd love to have you on again. Next time you're at Albion, you better let me know, I'll get you back on. Yeah. I mean, me and me and Dewey were talking about possibly coming back for something whether right. it's like homecoming or something just like as long as like our schedules line up right um 
but I, I think we will. Yeah. We'll be gonna, back in, say, in the know, future. You know, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks again for, uh, for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Special thanks to Dylan Perry for being on and stay tuned for another talking with Ted coming in the next few weeks.